Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art of Moving podcast with your host, Daniela. And Mariah, welcome back to the last episode of season one. And we wanted to recap since this podcast is so focused on spirituality, self-development. At the core of that is learning how to trust ourselves, And learning how to trust yourself is learning how to work with your own intuition and strengthen your intuition. So this is a best of intuition episode where we went back into the archives and pulled apart some of the episodes where our amazing guests shared how they connect with their own intuition. We have everything from psychics to one of our really good friends on to just share how they've learned to trust themselves and harness their intuition. If we take anything from all of this like gorgeous knowledge is that you can really connect to your intuition in your own way. There's not one size that fits all. And Honestly, during this time of like just so many retrogrades, we thought that this was like the perfect episode to listen to and just really connect with your own intuition. Yeah. And I think we're both in a time of going through so much new beginnings. And I think everyone collectively just processing what no longer fits and what we don't want to take with us into a new season. And so you coming back home to yourself in a time like this and learning how to quiet the noise and really listen to your own inner guidance. I think that's huge in everything that we share here is if you don't trust yourself, then you're going to feel lost. You're going to feel confused. You're not going to feel like you can actually accomplish all the dreams and visions you have for yourself. So we really hope that you take this episode with you into this next season and just use these amazing tidbits from these experts and friends of ours. Well, we hope you enjoy the episode. Bye. I have anxiety. I'm a person that just has always had uh, mental health stuff going on, probably because it was hard to discern what was my intuition and, and what was anxiety, right? That's the question mm-hmm. of my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to bring awareness and talk about it. Yeah. Because I think as women, we kind of shove that down a lot. And when we really receive information, how powerful can we really be if we really shared our truth? Yeah, it's layered. <laughs> so how do you... or? Because I know you teach a lot about intuition and how to hone your intuition. Mm-hmm. How do you discern that? And like, what are your main practices? So because there's a lot of mental energy happening, this is actually where you receive information is through your third eye and your crown chakra. What people don't realize is your chakras start at the base of your spine, your root. So if your root isn't grounded, you're not going to get any information here. So when I realized, oh my gosh, I need to slow down. I need to breathe. I need to meditate. I need to put my feet in the earth, put my spine on the ground and really truly feel what it feels like to be here on earth. Because I'm already, I already have one foot in the spirit realm, (laughs) right? So sometimes that's why the anxiety comes because I can intuit something. But when I'm grounded and I'm here and I'm present, that actually makes my intuition so much smoother. Mm-hmm. So you've really had to learn how to be in your body and to 
give your body what it needs and to listen to it. Yes, like nourishment in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. So that's what, when people are saying, oh, I can't listen to my intuition and I'm this and I'm that, and I see them spiraling, go outside and just slow down. Look at the trees, (laughs) feel the grass, hear your breath. It's that simple. When you're, when you're feeling a little swirly with energy, just to reconnect to yourself in a moment. And it doesn't have to be a whole sit-down meditation, even though that's great. It can just be a moment of hand on your heart, hand on your belly, and just feel yourself breathing. And that can easily open up spirit to come through because they can't communicate with you when you are spiraling. Easier said than done. Okay. So... Does that make sense? It does yes. make sense. Yeah. Yes. And it's so interesting, the idea of like, is it my anxiety or my intuition? Mm -hmm. I actually never even thought about that before. And Danielle, you seem to... Oh, I've thought about it a lot. Struggle with that. (laughs) I've thought about it a lot. Because the voice is like, from what I've... Because I've had anxiety since I was like 14. And like, and it... And what was really crazy about what you were saying... Um, Steffi, about like me feeling the anxiety in the pit of my stomach is that it's 100% true. Like I've always felt my anxiety there and it's always made me like lose my appetite or even get to a point of like when it was really bad of of having so much nausea that like I would throw up. Like it was, it was that bad. But like with that being said, like what I've found is that when I'm getting a download or when I'm feeling like inspiration or like when the message is very clear, it's usually not a, it does not come with like feelings of unease. Like even if it's not like a a great thing, you know, like he's cheating on you. Like it comes with like, it's just like a knowing, like no emotions attached. Mm, Whereas anxiety, anxiety, like anxious thoughts of like, this roof is going to fall on my, on my head. It comes with like frenzy. It's like a, it feels, it's like a different flavor, you know, but it Mm, takes, you nailed it. It takes some time to really like be like, oh, this is what anxiety tastes and smells like. Right. And this is inner knowing. And I don't feel like I'm an expert yet. Like I, I feel like sometimes we know things and we just decide not to know them. We're like, okay, I'm going to ignore that. Boy. And you like continue on with your life. Um, and you just decide to be like, it was anxiety. It was not me. You know, um, we like gaslight ourselves, but that's been my experience with like what it is. No, totally. Because fear is a feeling. Yes. And intuition is subtle and it just comes through and it's not it's not attached to fear or feeling, just exactly like you described. And that's what I tell people too. If all of a sudden you get this, oh my gosh, I don't want to go on this plane and, I, and there's so many plane crashes and this and this and that. It's and, a, and, you're, and you're building up, it's anxiety. Yeah. But, this, but if you're walking onto a plane and you put your left foot you know, on and you instantly hear, get off the plane. Trust me, you'll get off the plane. Yeah. But it's, it's... That's an extreme example. It, it, it's, that's <laughs> a scary I mean. ass shit example. But um, like, <laughs> I'm like... That's how my brain works. Yeah, I'm like, okay. But it's, <laughs> it's really hard. Like I, for example, when I was in May, when I was in, at Mariah's place staying, I got like convinced that I had a blood clot in my leg. <laughs> and of course I did not have a blood clot in my leg. But like, I just, I, I looped on it and I looped on it. And like, looking back, 
of course it was me being a little bit hypochondriac you know? But like, the thing is that you just have to like get better and better at being like, this is anxiety. This is not my intuition or this is intuition or, you know, it's like, I just think that you have to be in like the, in like a prime mental state to really like figure these two out. And that's where I think having friends and people around you that are like, love you is the most important part because I don't know. I think that the anxious mind is just, it's hard. I'm just going to leave it at Mm. that. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So as a channeler, I, every time I connect to someone, there's a different higher vibrational thing. Trust me, you never know what you're going to get. So a higher vibrational being is a being that is not physically here, but exists in light and love. Every time they come in, I can recognize they're in light and love. Because again, there's many possibilities. So I only connect to that light and love. A higher vibrational being can be an angel, an archangel, an ascended master, which is like Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, uh, Guardian, and It can be an ancestor, which also includes our loved ones who might have been in this lifetime but are not here anymore. And it can connect to elementals, which is part of Gaia's life, which is like plants, fire, elements, anything that is within the nature's realm. And it can also mean your higher self. Your higher self is the energy that you come from. Everyone has a higher self, as in you have this unlimited potential and it's always guiding you. A lot of people or in religions, they call them your guardian angel, which is your higher self guiding you because it's your essence. It's it's how high you can go. And those are higher vibrational things. I just had to put it all in one. So it could be like, well, whoever comes in today, it's your higher vibrational thing. But they all present themselves in different ways. And they're all always guiding. Not saying what to do. They're guiding. I do want to emphasize on that. Whenever anyone gets a reading, whenever anyone connects to any type of light worker, higher vibrational beings are only going to guide and say, it's your free will. They're not going to tell you how to do this or... It has to be like this. It's always just guidance, clarity, answers, and that's all. Yeah. And it's a very soft energy though. Like I like I just have this reading very fresh. Like I remember <laughs> you saying like, we ask you to take this opportunity. Like it was very gentle. It was like, you know, you can do whatever you want, but we think it, you would greatly benefit from taking this opportunity. And then you also said, like, we don't want to share any outcomes because you'll hold on to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Dude. you guys know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's a very like soft and, and just very like caring and also kind of like chill parent vibes, you know, like we know what will happen, but you do you, you'll come back to us. They see us as children. Every time I connect to them, they're like, it's play. They're children. I'm like, let them be. They'll get it. They're grandparents. That's how I see them. That's how I can describe them. They're these very strong grandparents who just want to hug us. 
and be like, why are you making it difficult? What's going on there? Come on, let's talk about it. Kind of like all this wisdom they carry and their light is so, it's like a hug. It's like whenever you start connecting to them, which I do want to mention, I feel like they were talking to me, I had to mention this. And when you start connecting to them in a way of just an open dialogue, just start talking to them, just saying, hey, whatever you want to tell me today, I'm ready. Make it fun, make it light. It doesn't have to be this full ritual. I always tell people, I do a lot of meditating in the sense because this is, my, this is something I do daily. At least five people a day I channel for. But if this is not what you're doing daily, you don't have to meditate every single day. It's more about experiencing and learning how to meditate within life, within the walks you take around your town, within making coffee and the smell of coffee, you're in the now. That's all meditation is. I'm here now. So I do invite everyone to, to just have conversations with them, just fun conversations. I was like, what are you going to teach me today? Come on. What's next? I'm ready. Let's do this. That's how I speak to them. I don't like go all serious because then it becomes a responsibility, not a relationship. This is a relationship. Hmm. So for someone that isn't necessarily channeling yet, you know, they're not a channeler. They're like working on it. Like, how would you communicate with your high vibrational beings that are like with you? Like, what do you ask them for signs, let's say? I would actually not ask them for signs. And I'm going to say why. That adds a lot of pressure to you. Mm. And then you start taking in the responsibility of what am I doing wrong? I would literally just start with a conversation. It's about feeling. I would start with the feeling, the feeling of curiosity of who am I speaking to? How, what's going on? Curious, that childlike play of I'm talking to them right now, I'm making coffee, I'm having a conversation. I'm saying, I'm so grateful. How do you feel today? What's going up there? Make it playful. So starting with conversation, it's going to start making you feel things and that's going to guide you with synchronicities. Synchronicities are going to show up with podcasts, with this beautiful podcast, of course, with anything, with books, a stranger who you might hear on the side in a coffee shop talking about something that you weren't expecting to hear with numerology in a way that you don't attach to it. The problem with asking for signs, you start attaching to it to the point where you're like, I need a sign to feel good. So make it more of a part of your lifestyle. Again, a relationship. Build a relationship by talking to, I'm talking to my higher vibrational being today and I'm going to tell them how I feel this morning. How do I feel? I feel, I feel tired this morning. That's how I feel. How do you feel? I kind of want energy. So what can I do to find energy? And maybe you'll start giving yourself answers and thinking it's you, but really you're listening to them. So that's the best practice I can give anyone. I'm not going to give you guys like this meditation for 21 days. I do that when it comes to my membership, but in a way of they already went through certain steps of making it playful to the point that they won't attach to the meditation. I don't believe in attachment. And I do believe that in the spiritual world right now, 
which by the way, everyone's spiritual, even if they're, they don't talk about it. As long as they believe in love, they're spiritual. But in the community that is focused on that, there's a lot of attachment to certain practices that it's like, no, it's not work. Let's make it playful. Let's make it lighthearted. Oh, I love that. And we totally align with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just really opening your mind and um, not getting too attached to any one label or one way of thinking, um, but having that curiosity. And so I love that practice of kind of connecting with the high vibrational beings in that way, just wanting to know how to take on the day or wanting to get to know them and kind of seeing what comes through. I'm going to try that. I'm excited. Please keep me updated. I really want I will, to know what happens. Because <laughs> I need some answers in my life right now. Um, so yes, I, and I feel like there comes a point where, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm so in tune with my intuition and with my truth. And then I'm just blindsided all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so lost. I thought that I was good, but now things are shifting. I'm feeling a shift internally. And now I don't know what to do. I don't know the action to take because sometimes you have to take action, right? Um, Sometimes you can't just sit (laughs) and meditate and wait for the answers. You have to like actively be like, okay, I'm going to find this wisdom within myself because I need to take action. Um, And so, yeah, I'm kind of in that place where I need to really seek that truth inside again. Because um, I think sometimes you just get so used to your life kind of going as you like it to and things are working out. And at least I kind of will put my spiritual practice on the back burner because I'm like, I don't need it as much because everything's going well. And then something will kind of come up and I'm like, oh, okay. I need to tune back. Mm -hmm. I need to come back home. Um, so it's kind of funny how I feel like that's meant to happen. Like we're meant to kind of come back to that place. And sometimes life has to throw you a curveball so that you can come back home. Of course. And I also think that those curveballs are just an opportunity to use your tools, the ones that you've gained along the way. So instead of seeing it as, doubt as why am I not having a my peace it's more of oh I have it inside already that's why I'm having this opportunity to use that tool what is the tool they're asking for so it's not really connected to lacking intuition it's more connected to how can I start using everything that I've had peace to work on in the now so that you can focus on this new scenario and open up this new door to this other opportunity, the shift. I don't think you disconnect from your intuition. I think it's just an opportunity. And that kind of hurdle that I had to jump over of quote unquote coming out as sober really gave me the space to then start to figure out who I was. And it really wasn't until then that this felt good, that this felt fun, that this felt like something that really supported me. 
But when I opened up that space, that is when I was able to start to figure out who I was, <laughs> which really I had no clue. I, I had never met myself before. I had never been in a space where I could feel my full range of emotions, where I could feel my full inner desires because I had been using a substance that numbs us out for so long to disconnect from that and then moved into a space of fear and isolation and scarcity. And then finally stepped into a place of like, okay, I have a lot of opportunity here. I have a lot of space. I have a lot of I'm trying to like think of like how I conceptualize it, but it feels very like spaciousness spaciousness and openness and like receptivity of like, okay, now I have the ability to figure out who I am. And then it took a lot of therapy. <laughs> it took a lot of therapy and a lot of podcasts and a lot of books to figure it out. But I really had to remove the substance that was separating myself from myself, from my physical, emotional, and mental body. And then I had to be truly who I am. I had to be authentic. I had to let myself be seen and known. And that's when I was able to figure it out. That's when I was able to open up this space to to really feel like I could listen to those inner thoughts and listen to the inner knowing and listen to the heart tugs. And, you know, in hindsight, it was always there. They were always there. I always had the heart tugs. And we talk about intuition. And like, for me, it feels like a heart tug. It says, go this way. Don't go this way. Go this way. Tugs me this way. And they were always there, but I never had the confidence or the assuredness or the just like belief in myself to know that I was making the right choice. So I never had that ability to listen to them. And then for a very long time, I just, I made them go away with alcohol. It it literally separates ourselves from our intuition and from our knowing. So I just, I just turned the volume down on them with alcohol. And so you get to this point where you're so used to ignoring those heart tugs or bypassing them or denying them or, or saying, I, I don't trust myself to know that that's real. It's just, it's a habit. You build this habit. And then when you strip away the thing that gave you the habit, then you have the opportunity to start listening to yourself. I mean, that's, that's the kicker though. You have the opportunity. You have to take it. Anyone can access their Akashic records, right? Yeah. It's a matter of, you know, learning the technique, right? Because there is a technique. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also playing around. So I have a prayer that was given to me and that's what I use when I teach people. And I always say like, if that prayer doesn't resonate, there's so many prayers out there. There's so many different ways to access. There's so many different teachers teaching it in so many ways. If you feel resonant with me, then most likely you'll feel resonant with the prayer. But also once you're in, ask your guides, like what is the best way for me to connect with you? What is my unique way, you know, do you have a way that you want to share with me to access and connect with you? You know, there's like no attachment to the way. I just want people really using this tool. Even I have some clients who will go in as just like part of their morning meditation, just like going into the records, being in the energy, don't even necessarily have questions. My favorite way currently to use the records is going for a walk. Like I'll just open them and go for a walk. And it's kind of like going for a walk with friends. Like I'm asking questions. Everything just like looks and feels differently around me. Like I feel like I'm experiencing my surroundings in a completely different way. And we're just kind of like having a conversation. You know, it's 
bring in specific questions or what's the most important thing for me to know right now? Or, you know, how can I navigate this with grace? Or how can I make space for miracles right now? You can just like go in. You know, some people think, oh, I need to be sitting on a meditation pillow. I need to have my journal, my candle lit. Like the only thing that I will say is very important for you to do is to feel grounded and in your body. If you're feeling in a rush, if you're feeling like attachment and pressure that you need to know the answers, you need the information right now, you only have 10 minutes, like you're not going to have an expansive experience because you're just not available. Like it really is about whatever way you ground, if that's meditation, if that's breath work, if you need to exercise to bring your energy down, if it's whatever practice, just that is my only thing. Bring the energy down, make sure you feel grounded and make sure that you're not in a place of pushing or needing them to tell you something because it just doesn't feel, it's just not as expansive as it could be. My gosh, I'm having so many realizations as you're saying that. As I've been on my spiritual quest to hear messages, connect with spirit, I feel like I was so in that frantic state of needing to know the answers, like this place of desperation. And then I would try and access something like the records on my own and it'd just be silent or it'd be like my normal day-to-day thoughts. Um, And then I would just get so frustrated and I felt like I was putting so much pressure and expectation on the experience and what to get out of it and basing that off of what I've seen or what I've gotten in a reading with someone and what their process was that, yeah, it just completely robbed me of having my own unique experience and figuring out what the messages sound like to me alone versus how other people have kind of taught it. So I think that's amazing how you, you know, you have that prayer, that ritual that you do, but that you help your clients see that it doesn't always have to look like this. It can be whatever intuitively you kind of just flow into or what comes natural to you. Because I don't think we give ourselves enough credit how intuitive we are. We're all intuitive beings. We just get very disconnected from that. And so learning to trust yourself is huge in strengthening that intuition and um, allowing like that pause, right? Like that space to just play. And I think that's another element that I never really thought of in a spiritual practice, but I'm learning now as I'm connecting with inner child work and connecting to creativity and that playfulness energy that is so spiritual that I don't think we, we, we look at it that way, but it is fun. And whenever I feel like I've connected with spirit, it's in a very lighthearted, almost humorous way. Like the tone of voice is like, ha you're just so silly. <laughs> and that'll probably, when you go into the records with this new shift in perspective, that'll probably be the way that your guides chat and connect with you. So even while you're doing inner child work or an invitation, you know, maybe you love to paint or maybe you want to play or whatever it is, you know, have your records open when you're doing the inner child work, honestly. And that is because I've been on this healing journey for over a decade, those pieces, you know, I think that you spoke to something so important, like the shadow work, the inner child work, the understanding ourselves, the exploration of like our inner world. 
only creates an even stronger foundation to be that channel, to be intuitive, to go into our records, to connect with our guides. And that I just recently launched an offering called the Akashic Portal and three of the four courses within it, I'm not even going into the records for the first three courses. You can go into the records while you're going through it, but it's really the healing work. It is everything that you spoke to because what I realized is people were taking just my course on how to read the records and having the experience you're speaking to of not feeling like they're connected or wanting it to be or look a certain way. And I started to see like, there is not as, it's not required to go into your records, but it is so potent and transformational to do that healing work and to go into the depths of yourself and your being and your soul and your existence through this lifetime and all that's unfolded, that's how you become more embodied. That's how you become more integrated with it all. And that's really what supports you in becoming even more of a clear channel and receiving, because as you said, it's all there. It's just about really finding your unique way of tapping into it, which is different for everyone, which is so beautiful and so exciting. And I think creates so much permission to like, not look at how everyone else is doing it. Cause it's like, it's, it's honestly kind of pointless because that's not going to be your experience. But I love how you explain like that you go on walks, for example. Mm-hmm. I think that the whole being in a relaxed state and not wanting answers is what makes the messages come through like so clearly. For me, it's going into the shower. Yeah. And I didn't realize why until very recently because was, you think like your brain is always on and it's like the chit chat and it's like, going all these places. And when during my day, am I relaxed? Am I in the moment, you know, enjoying the water coming down and the music because I shower with music, but it's like, you're disconnecting. You're, you know, in that place. And of course, messages come through. Of course you gain clarity. It's like, I think that we sometimes miss that point of like prepping and like sitting down and okay, I'm in my body now. I'm feeling good. I'm like doing the thing. It's like, that is the thing that makes the whole, like everything go differently. So I just love that about the Akashic portal. It's like teaches you what you need. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be great because I feel like, you know, I kind of already know what works for me to get to that more um, relaxed state. Like what are some helpful tips that you help your clients um, connect to their intuition or to connect to the records? Yeah, I uh, first just like providing the baseline of a sort of toolkit that they can pick and choose from, whether it's different meditations, journaling practices, breath work, like all the foundational pieces to be in place of curiosity with finding their unique way to ground. And then it's really just an exploration of they already know what feels like an exciting way to open their records. So I feel like for me, it's just about providing the tools for them to then get curious in their own life, whether that's they really want to write a screenplay or blog more consistently or share certain messages on social media. So like open your records while you're writing. Or 
they feel very relaxed in a museum. Like open up your records while you're walking through a museum. It's just, it's really holding space and just reflecting back to them what feels like an exciting, expansive way for them to have this experience. And I feel like most of us, just like everyone, even like healers need their own healers, coaches need their own coaches. Like everybody needs that place. And a lot of my clients are healers doing incredible, like beautiful work in the world. And I get to just reflect back to them the things that they also tell other people to do that they have maybe forgotten within themselves or that they just need to see reflected back to them. And there's just so much healing in that. It's just like like with all the noise that we experience on a daily basis, like being able to just have that permission piece reflected back to us, be reminded of our own power. Like we all need that. Every single person. I don't care how enlightened or tapped in you are. Like there's inevitably going to be a moment where you forget and you need to be reminded. And I am very honored to be able to do that for the people around me and have my own people. But I think it would be really cool to hear about that experience going through that and what ceremony is. Ah, life is ceremony. I'm going to be honest. That like, that's something that my teacher, Jem, like told us right when we start with her. I mean, she says it all the time. And at first I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, I need to make time for all this stuff. But then you just start to see exactly what we're talking about, that everything gets to be a ceremony. And really like what separates ceremony and ritual is ritual is the actual act of doing it. And ceremony is presence for it. So that is kind of like the combination of the masculine, the feminine, the yin and the yang, time and space in many ways too, um, of actually just connecting that. And so, um, I mean, ceremony can be very many different things. It's also sort of a buzzword now, but <laughs> but for me, like life is ceremony, so it is what it is. Um, I work specifically with cacao and the way that I work with it has been shared with me from my, my teacher, Jamita, um, who who is part of the lineage of the seven rays. So she studies and and has maestros in Peru. She goes to Peru frequently. I actually just had the opportunity, since I also work for her, to sit with one of her, her main teacher, Maestro Puma, uh, the other day. And what she has shared with us is a lot of this Andean cosmovision wisdom at the end of the day, but also her own path. And then basically, in ceremony, when people sit with me, I take everyone through with cacao with the Chicano medicine wheel, which is something that was shared with me with Jem. And that's a combination of what, yeah, what she learns from her teachers in the Andes and then through her lineage that she shares with us and also her own journey. And so we work with the directions. And so like when we talk about holding space, for example, I don't really believe we hold space anymore. I believe we set up space. We are stewards of space. We create spaces. But it's not me at the end of the day. It's me just anchoring the space. And so in ceremony with me, we'll go around all the directions, go to Mother Earth, Pachamama, um, up to the heavens, and then back to your center. And then... The next part is kind of 
whatever you want it to be. In my case, I take people through guided meditations and that's sort of been something that I've intuitively started to do because of my other teachers as well. I have, you know, just shout out to my teachers because I think we always need to honor our lineages and our teachers. But um, I work with Catalina from InBreath, who's a really powerful breathwork teacher, both in group and one-on-one situations. I also work with Teddy Emerald, who has become a very dear friend of mine over the years, but I still consider her a mentor who works a lot with EFT tapping. She's a triple Leo, so she's taught me to bring in a lot of boundaries and fire are the big lessons I've learned from her. And I also sometimes uh, support her in her groups too. And so I kind of weave all of that into ceremony. And so to go back to what your question was, what's the origin of ceremony? And ceremony is really just being. It's doing whatever that means to you to get you to a state of presence. That could be cacao, that could be meditation, that could be breath work, that could just be sitting, that could be walking, if that's what you want, and allowing yourself to be in that moment. Because when you think of like Buddhist monks, for example, in the monasteries and everything, and and these beautiful beings who are choosing to just be and exist and sit with with God essentially, or whatever source, spirit, whatever you want to call um, the universe. As a channeler, I, every time I connect to someone, there's a different higher vibrational being. Trust me, you never know what you're going to get. So a higher vibrational being is a being that is not physically here, but exists in light and love. Every time they come in, I can recognize they're in light and love because, again, there's many possibilities. So I only connect to that light and love. A higher vibrational being can be an angel, an archangel, an ascended master, which is like Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, uh, Guanyin. And it can be an ancestor, which also includes our loved ones who might have been in this lifetime but are not here be- anymore. And it can connect to elementals, which is part of Gaia's life, which is like plants, fire, elements, anything that is within the nature's realm. And it can also mean your higher self. Your higher self is the energy that you come from. Everyone has a higher self, as in you have this unlimited potential. And it's always guiding you. A lot of people or in religions, they call them your guardian angel, which is your higher self guiding you because it's your essence. It's it's how high you can go. And those are higher vibrational beings. I just had to put it all in one. So it could be like, well, whoever comes in today, it's your higher vibrational being. But they all present themselves in different ways. And they're all always guiding not saying what to do, they're guiding. I do want to emphasize on that. Whenever anyone gets a reading, whenever anyone connects to any type of light worker, higher vibrational beings are only going to guide and say, it's your free will. They're not going to tell you how to do this or it has to be like this. It's always just guidance, clarity, answers, and that's all. Yeah. And it's a very soft energy though. Like I, like I just have this reading very fresh. Like I, 
remember <laughs> you saying like, we ask you to take this opportunity. Like it was very gentle. It was like, you know, you can do whatever you want, but we think it, you would greatly benefit from taking this opportunity. And then you also said like, we don't want to share any outcomes because you'll hold on to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you guys know. Yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's a very like soft and and just very like caring and also kind of like chill parent vibes, you know, like we know what will happen, but you do you, you'll come back to us. They see us as children. Every time I connect to them, they're like, it's play. They're children. I'm like, let them be. They'll get it. They're grandparents. That's how I see them. That's how I can describe them. They're these very strong grandparents who just want to hug us and be like, why are you making it difficult? What's going on there? Come on, let's talk about it. Kind of like all this wisdom they carry and their light is so, it's like a hug. It's like whenever you start connecting to them, which I do want to mention, I feel like they were talking to me. I have to mention this. And when you start connecting to them in a way of just an open dialogue, just start talking to them, just saying, hey, whatever you want to tell me today, I'm ready. Make it fun, make it light. It doesn't have to be this whole ritual. I always tell people, I do a lot of meditating in the sense because this is, my, this is something I do daily. At least five people a day I channel for. But if this is not what you're doing daily, you don't have to meditate every single day. It's more about experiencing and learning how to meditate within life, within the walks you take around your town, within making coffee and the smell of coffee during the now. That's all meditation is. I'm here now. So I do invite everyone to, to just have conversations with them, just fun conversations. I was like, what are you going to teach me today? Come on. What's next? I'm ready. Let's do this. That's how I speak to them. I don't like go all serious because then it becomes a responsibility, not a relationship. This is a relationship. Hmm. So for someone that isn't necessarily channeling yet, you know, they're not a channeler. They're like working on it. Like how would you communicate with your high vibrational beings that are like with you? Like, would you ask them for signs, let's say? I would actually not ask them for signs. And I'm going to say why. That adds a lot of pressure to you. Mm. And then you start taking in the responsibility of what am I doing wrong? I would literally just start with a conversation. It's about feeling. I would start with the feeling, the feeling of curiosity. of Who am I speaking to? How, what's going on? curious, that childlike play of I'm talking to them right now, I'm making coffee, I'm having a conversation. I'm saying, I'm so grateful. How do you feel today? What's going up there? Make it playful. So starting with conversation, it's going to start making you feel things and that's going to guide you with synchronicities. Synchronicities are going to show up with podcasts, with this beautiful podcast, of course, with anything, with books, a stranger who you might hear on the side in a coffee shop talking about something that you weren't expecting to hear with numerology in a way that you don't attach to it. The problem with asking for signs, you start attaching to it to the point where you're like, I need a sign to feel good. So make it more of a 
part of your lifestyle. Again, a relationship. Build a relationship by talking to, I'm talking to my higher vibrational being today and I'm going to tell them how I feel this morning. How do I feel? I feel, I feel tired this morning. That's how I feel. How do you feel? I kind of want energy. So what can I do to find energy? And maybe you'll start giving yourself answers and thinking it's you, but really you're listening to them. So that's the best practice I can give anyone. I'm not going to give you guys like this meditation for 21 days. I do that when it comes to my membership, but in a way of they already went through certain steps of making it playful to the point that they won't attach to the meditation. I don't believe in attachment. And I do believe that in the spiritual world right now, which by the way, everyone's spiritual, even if they're, they don't talk about it, as long as they believe in love, they're spiritual. But in the community that is focused on that, there's a lot of attachment to certain practices that it's like, no, it's not work. Let's make it playful. Let's make it lighthearted. Oh, I love that. And we totally align that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just really opening your mind and um, not getting too attached to any one label or one way of thinking, um, but having that curiosity. And so I love that practice of kind of connecting with the high vibrational beings in that way, just wanting to know how to take on the day or wanting to get to know them and kind of seeing what comes through. I'm going to try that. I'm excited. Please keep me updated. I really want I to will, know what happens. Because I need some answers in my life right now. Um, so yes, I, and I feel like there comes a point where, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm so in tune with my intuition and with my truth. And then I'm just blindsided all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so lost. I thought that I was good, but now things are shifting. I'm feeling a shift internally. And now I don't know what to do. I don't know the action to take because sometimes you have to take action, right? Um, Sometimes you can't just sit and meditate and wait for the answers. You have to like actively be like, okay, I'm going to find this wisdom within myself because I need to take action. Um, And so yeah, I'm kind of in that place where I need to really seek that truth inside again because um, I think sometimes you just get so used to your life kind of going as you like it to and things are working out. And you, at least I kind of will put my spiritual back practice on the back burner because I'm like, I don't need it as much because everything's going well. And then something will kind of come up and I'm like, oh, okay. I need to tune back. Mm -hmm. I need to come back home. Um, So it's kind of funny how I feel like that's meant to happen. Like we're meant to kind of come back to that place. And sometimes life has to throw you a curveball so that you can come back home. Of course. And I also think that those curveballs are just an opportunity to use your tools. The ones that you've gained along the way. So instead of seeing it as doubt, as why am I not having my peace, it's more of, oh, 
I have it inside already. That's why I'm having this opportunity to use that tool. What is the tool they're asking for? So it's not really connected to lacking intuition. It's more connected to how can I start using everything that I've had peace to work on in the now so that you can focus on this new scenario and open up this new door to this other opportunity, the shift. I don't think you disconnect from your intuition. I think it's just an opportunity. 